Hey, I'm Spencer Powell and welcome to Remodeler Stories, where we highlight remodelers. Every remodeler has a unique story and journey and we can all learn from each other. Stay tuned for a mix of inspiration, tactical tips, unique strategies, and some laughter. The remodeling business is tough, but rewarding, and we're all in this together. Let's kick this thing off. Before we get into today's show, let's talk about our show sponsor, Remodeler Growth Community. Remodeler Growth Community is a peer-to-peer networking group exclusively for remodelers. For a low monthly fee, you get access to some of the best minds in the industry, life-changing business strategies, and the ability to connect and learn from people who've walked the path you walk. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back, so there's absolutely no risk to you. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. Today, I sit down with Eddie Cahan of Aggregate Construction Group. Eddie is New York born and LA raised. After graduating USC School of Architecture in 2013, he worked in architecture, design, and construction for several years until he founded Aggregate Construction Group, a design-build firm that focuses on high-end custom home remodels and full-scale apartment beautifications. And aside from his work, Eddie is passionate about music, travel, leadership, and giving back. Now for the conversation with Eddie. Hey, Eddie, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Well, why don't we uh, kick things off, tell everybody your name, company, kind of where you're at, what you're up to, what kinds of projects you're working on. Sure. So I'm Eddie Cahan. I'm a New York transport, but I've been in LA since I was six. So I'm an LA boy with deep New York roots. The name of my company is Aggregate Construction Group. We have been around. We just celebrated our fourth birthday. So, you know, we got past crawling and we're walking and sometimes we jump and sometimes we still fall. Hopefully we can get into the details of that today. So we're a design build firm. We do mostly remodels and our work breaks into two buckets. So half of our work is custom home remodels. And, you know, we're working all over the LA area, everywhere from Beverly Hills to Pasadena, Santa Monica, kind of all throughout. That's higher end, not huge projects, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll really get into the guts of things and, and sometimes, you know, do full electric rewires or full repipes, so on and so forth. And the other half of what we do is apartments. I actually started with apartments. When I started the company, we were apartment focused and Mm. a lot of units and focused on unit turnover and that kind of grew and grew and grew. And now we've carved out a nice little niche where we help our clients add value to their buildings. So we do that by facade remodels, facelifts, corridors, common areas, amenities, and really just getting in and through my experience and some of the designers we have on board, getting in and and just really revamping the buildings, you know, getting into a place where both the client and the residents are are just proud of what's there. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So fourth birthday uh, recently. Congrats. That's awesome. What'd you do to celebrate? Go uh, chocolate cake, vanilla, strawberry. Yeah, yeah. It was actually all three. It was a Napoleon and nice. uh, <laughs> said happy fourth birthday. And what do you get on your fourth birthday usually? That's a good question. I don't know. 
my boys aren't four yet. They're three and one. So, but it's usually just trucks and cars and stuff. To I got a trucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a fire truck. Nice. Magnetiles, nice. you know, just the basics. That one resonates. We got the magnetiles. So yeah. right on. Well, cool. Well, uh, what caused you to start the business, you know, four years ago? So going back a little further, I, I was at USC studying architecture Along the way, I was doing some hands-on manual labor on a, on a very interesting project, but I got my hands and feet dirty and I worked through a bunch of different trades, carpentry, drywall, you know, all sorts of almost arts and crafts projects on, on something that was a really special project that was salvaging materials from the remodel of the actual building and being put into this bar. From there, I worked on project management, on an adaptive reuse of a building, also in downtown LA. And along the way, I started to see construction as kind of something on the side, but more primary than architecture. So I worked at an architecture firm for two years, absolutely hated it, moved on to a real estate property management company where I worked in-house and I was doing construction. And I wore a bunch of hats and I basically acted as a general contractor alongside the designer and the project manager. And I effectively replaced four hats. And I had this vision for a company where I could replicate what I was doing in the company. So in the company, I was responsible for all the capital upgrades as well as the deferred maintenance. So we were beautifying buildings that were built at the time, 34, 35 years ago, that really needed to be brought back to life. And so I had this vision of doing that for the people. And so when the time was right, I clicked the button and I, and I just jumped out. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I feel like a lot of, a lot of businesses are born that way. You kind of like, you're doing something, you're like, I think I can do this better or I, I want to do it my way. And you kind of, yeah make the leap or uh, click the button, like you said. So four years, you know, you start started that way, kind of in the, the apartment side of thing. And now your business kind of split into the two pieces. When was it that you decided that that was an important shift to not just focus on the apartment side? It's an excellent question. So naturally on the apartment side, things started to grow. And although just like I swore off architecture, I, uh, and I did it, you know, I swore off doing custom work. But mm. what I saw was on the apartment side, we had one client who wanted something very specific. And I said, you shouldn't do this. And I kind of tried to talk her out of it. And she was very stubborn in her vision. She said, no, I'm doing this. I have to do it. I said, you're not getting the value. You know, you want to spend all this money. You're not going to get this money back. She said, no, too bad. We're doing it. So I did it and, and and I did a couple more like that for her and for some other clients. And I saw that, you know, we were essentially doing custom work, but there were apartments. And so it was really a very natural, organic, soft shift into this new space. And what really kind of tipped us over and shifted us into this new bucket of work was when I had, uh, it was, let's see, it was 2021. It was the beginning of last year. A family member had purchased a house and said, hey, can you do a bathroom model? Are you busy? I said, 
yes, I can do a bathroom remodel, but no, I can't do it. I'm way too busy. And he said, oh, and I said, you know what? Let me just check out your project. So I went there and I said, listen, I have somebody for you. One thing led to another. I ended up taking on the whole remodel. It was definitely not a bathroom remodel. It was, I mean, the master bathroom alone was uh, 200 square feet. So, you know, that's, that's the size of some apartments here in yeah. LA, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I was extremely blessed in that because I was naturally guided. It wasn't like I made a decision or I said, all right, this is what I want to do. I was pushed through towards that. And I was forced to do it basically. But my family member was like, listen, I was like, you know, you could do this and you can work with this person and this is how it works. And she looked at me, she grabbed the key of the house. I'm not kidding. She grabbed the key and she said, what do you mean? She said, Eddie, you're doing this project. You're doing me a favor. Take the key. And I said, okay, but this person she's like, what are you talking about? I, I said, you're doing it. I said, okay. And so from there, I found a real, real liking to it. And I was just very passionate about it. It was kind of what was waiting for me to happen, really. It was just waiting yeah. for me to say, Eddie, okay, are you ready? Whenever you're ready, take this on. And, and so that's what happened. That's cool. Yeah. I feel like it's nice when that happens and you get that sign that's just like hitting you over the heads. Like this is <laughs> this is the right thing. It doesn't always happen that way. So it's nice when it does. <laughs> it, it, it definitely doesn't. I agree with yeah. you. So over the first four years, like your first year or two, you're, you know, startup mode, getting things going, figuring a lot of stuff out. Like what's been the toughest part of the first four years, do you think? The tears. <laughs> <laughs> the tears at night. <laughs> wow. You know, there's, although it's a very, very, it's been an extremely beautiful process. Uh, you know, in that beauty, there was, there was a lot of pain. I don't want to sound cliche and I don't want to make it sound depressing either, but you know, we had to, we had to learn how to crawl and then walk and fall and, and then kind of jump and all those things that happen when you're turning four. And I think if I had to say the toughest part was figuring things out mostly on my own. You know, I, later on, I, I found an incredible mentor who, who really just had my back and stuck with me and said, you know, guided me through different situations, although he didn't have a construction background. You know, that's not something that I had at the beginning. Also, my wife, who, who you know, I, I recently got married to, is that support for me. But I didn't have those things starting. And I think that, you know, that's the way it was meant to happen. And I, I honestly, I wouldn't change it. But those are pro that's probably the toughest part, just not having that proper support and walking into this unknown territory and this uncharted path and saying, all right, well, what the hell do I do now? <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty brutal path. Uh, so. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. brutal. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned like the figuring things out on your own. Is there one or two things that like stick out where you're like, man, if somebody just told me that, that would have saved me a lot of, a lot of headache. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to go into storytelling mode, I, I've got stories. Hit me up. Um, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, if just generally speaking, I didn't have a roadmap. I knew that this is what I wanted to do, but there were so many things. Well, I mean, at least the apartment side. I didn't necessarily know about the custom side, but 
I had a vision and, and I and I wrote on it and I thought about it and I talked about it, but I didn't know how to get it done. And you know, I'm pretty handy and I'm I'm pretty intuitive, but walking into a completely dark area with no real light or hints or clues is tough. It's tough. And and I think the more you go and the more you look, the more those things show themselves. But I have one specific example that is a crazy one. I, you know, I worked on a project and I said, okay, well, you know, we're going to take risks. I'm, I'm going to make this happen. So, you know, the, the project wasn't long enough ago that I, I should say details or, or too many details. But basically, I took on a project that I really had no business taking on. And it was a single trade. And, you know, I worked with the sub. I had a good relationship with the client. So I worked with the sub before, but I didn't have a good experience with the sub. But, you know, he seemed different. And I said, okay, great. I'm going to bring him on. And, you know, when I showed him the project, she said, oh, this is a piece of cake. I took on the project. Every single thing that could have went wrong, went wrong. Mm. Every single thing. And in that case, I went through my entire phone book and I called this person, I called that person. You know, It was such a specialized trade that I couldn't really get the help that I needed. And finally, thank God, thank God, you know, after a bunch of calls, I was routed to someone who ended up knowing the sub that I worked with, cussed him out to me, told me a ton of things that kind of brought everything to light. And then I said, okay, great. And he, and he more or less fixed the problem, but it was a big learning lesson for me. And that was, sure, it's great to take risks, but you better calculate those risks and make sure that, you know, if you're taking on something highly specialized, you're working with the right person. Yeah. Yeah. I know you can reveal too many specifics, but yeah, I, I've got a good vision of <laughs> of maybe how that, that all went down. So uh, yeah, that's rough. Everything, everything that could have went wrong, went wrong. And those experiences are there to teach you. And that's, that's really just part of your schooling and your education. But you might cry. You might not sleep at night. You might get some white hairs. You might lose some hair. I guess it's all part of the process. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, that's tuition, right? You know, it's it's lessons learned. It was tuition. tuition. Yeah. It was tuition. Oh yeah, I paid. I paid. Hey guys, I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy, it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, really since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, We've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems. And I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website, remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. But I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you 
pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. Well, that's kind of uh, some of the the tougher parts. I mean, what's what's been maybe the most exciting or most fun about the first four years for you? I really enjoy the teamwork aspect. I really, really enjoy. I think for me, the sweetest part about it, it is having a vision. You know, me as a builder, if I look at a set of plans or even if I look at a project without a set of plans and I just walk through and the client has no idea what they're doing or what they want to do. You know, you know, have you watched Iron Man? Sure, of course. All right. Or Minority Report. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you know how they have those lenses or, you know, they, it's not necessarily lens, but it's, you know, it's, uh, it's like a TV inside their eye. Yep. You're off to the side and you're looking at all these things, but you're also looking at whatever's in front of you. So I kind of have that when I walk through projects. And, and so whether I look at a set of plans or I just walk through and the client tells me, you know, I want X, Y, and Z, no matter how rough or how basic what they tell me is, as I do that walkthrough, I put on the Iron Man suit and I'm, and I'm looking through, not on my whole body, just on, just on like one eye. Yeah, yeah, just the vision part, right? Yeah. Just the vision <laughs> part. I, I wish I had the rest. Yeah, but, that'd be sweet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the so the vision part is going and you know 2 3 4 5 months later that vision comes to life and you know it's it might sound a little cheesy but I really really love the process. Yeah. Uh, That's cool. It, it's a beautiful thing to watch framing go up and to see the roughs come in and and you know you're seeing literally nothing turned into something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm jealous. I don't have, I don't have that part of the Iron Man suit. I uh, no like spatial vision for projects. I have a different kind of vision, but that's one that I always wish that I could like walk into something and then you see the before and after and like, I never would have thought of that. You know? So that's, that's pretty cool. I can lend you one of the contacts. That'd be great. Yeah. You can borrow it. Yeah. Or, or we could do the iPhone thing. I don't know if you, I don't want to give away too much, but you know, Spider-Man, I just watched it. And you know, there's a scene where he's FaceTiming his buddies. I, I think he was FaceTiming them. So we could do that also if you want. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. There's ways that, that we can make it happen. <laughs> so what's the, what's the future look like? You know, I'm sure you've got, got plans for the next, you know, three to five years. Where, where do you want to take the company? Are we doing the Ironman vision on or off? Your choice. You okay. know? Yeah. Okay. Your choice. <laughs> okay. We'll do a hybrid. Yeah. Within three to five years, um, what I'd like to do is build out more divisions within the company. Hyper-focus on, I want to say two to three of them. And I, I'd like to start transitioning towards more new construction. Naturally, getting in the custom world has really opened a lot of doors and a lot of potential. And I think that, you know, this is what we were made for. You know, not just myself, but also my team, you know, everyone from the office guys to the people in the field and the subs that we work with. 
thank God, thank God. After those nights of tears and and all the walking through the dark spaces and and you know kind of looking for the buttons to push to open the next door and to get more light and to to build out that roadmap, what I've seen and what I've come to see as reality for for us is that we're made to do this. We're made to do this custom work. Um, uh, also the apartment side, you know, that's something that we've really specialized, but I want to continue to grow upon those and and take it to new construction and, and build these things from the ground up. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It definitely sounds like, you know, you having, having the vision with the Ironman suit that makes sense to go in, in that direction. Cause I don't know if you have that, that, that is a differentiator. It feels like, you know, if you can, if you can communicate that effectively to clients, like that, you you have some special sauce in the way you can take take something and create or build something into life, basically. So, I mean, you know, ultimately, I think what it comes down to in the construction world is that problems do arise and that it's not, it's never perfect. Uh, I was just having a conversation with somebody the other day and he said, you know, how often do projects go according to schedule? Um, never. It doesn't mean that we say it's going to take one month and it takes two months because we're dragging our feet. You know, it means, you know, if we say one month, it might be one month and three days, but that's because along the way, we discovered five things that were not supposed to be there. You know, there's dry rot in this wall and we discovered, you know, this corner of the house has X, Y, and Z condition or, hey, these were the plans that were built out. But when we actually did the demo and we opened the walls, you know, we discovered these things and that's just a part of construction. But, you know, when you live it and you breathe it and you take on that onus, you, you're just going to do everything in your power to make it happen. And I think that's the differentiator between a lot of contractors who succeed. And that's that you roll with the punches. This is life. This is what happens. There's no choice. Does that yeah. make sense? It does. Yeah. I mean, anytime you go digging into walls and you don't have a way of knowing everything that's that's behind, you know, you're going to bump into stuff. And so, yeah, you, you find a way. <laughs> the, the function, the, uh, the x-ray function of the suit doesn't work. It's permanently off. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate you sharing kind of some of the, I don't know, the t- tougher moments of entrepreneurship. Cause I feel like they're very real and everybody goes through them. But sometimes when we're doing it on our own, it just feels like it's only us when in reality it's, you know, most of us are going through and and it's not like it's challenges all the time, but you, you do hit them and then you have highlights and then you hit more challenges. And uh, so, yeah, I appreciate you talking about kind of the, the darkness and the light as you kind of navigate the journey. If it's okay with you, if I can go back and just share one more thing about it as, as I'm, you know, going back to that headspace, starting out, although I had a vision, I had no idea what was going to happen, you know, and, and I remember a time where I had four proposals in a row that were rejected. And, and this wasn't a time when I was doing a ton of proposals, you know, to, to get business wasn't as common or, or to get uh, offers for for proposal it wasn't as common as it is now. So I remember in one week I had four proposals in a row rejected, and I didn't have a lot of active projects. 
And I remember just being really down about it and saying, oh my gosh, like what's going on? And, you know, I thought about it more and I said, all right, this is the process. And, you know, there's, as you go through the process and you try to create something from nothing, you are really met with a lot of failure. You're met with a lot of rejection. You're met with a lot of uh, times where you're kind of hit in the head and, 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 and it's like, sit back down. You're not going to start this, but you have to have those. If you don't have those, there's a problem. And you, you're kind of being tested and you're kind of being pushed and, and, and looked at and, and asked, do you really want to do this? And, you know, there were times when we did get projects and things did go wrong. Listen, I'm not talking about the beautiful parts about it. You know, I could talk much more about those. But at the beginning, that's what you see, you know, for me, at least, as I was going through this journey and trying to, to build something, you know, it's like you're climbing up a mountain, but the floor is slippery. The vision's not great. And you have no idea what the F is behind you. You're like, well, if I fall back, am I falling back back or is it a soft landing, you know, on some mud? You don't know. And again, that's that is the beauty of it. The journey is is the beautiful part, but it's also the part that kind of eats you up and makes you say, what the hell? Like, am I doing something wrong? But no, you're not. You know, that's that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. You know, and, and that's what makes it more satisfying when you get through that and you kind of figure it out. And then, then you look back and you go, well, okay, what did I learn there? And I'm glad I stuck it out, you know, cause now I'm here and, uh, and it, it wouldn't feel as good to be here if you didn't go through there, you know? So, so well said, it's so true. It's like, if, when, once you go through that, I mean, in December, I went to dinner with one of my project managers who's been with me from the start. And, you know, we were just kind of doing a year in review and we were hanging out and we were having a drink More a couple, you know, we did a whiskey tasting and we just thought back and we laughed at one of the very early projects we had, you know, where we had like a teeny tiny project, but we celebrated and it was such a big win for us. And, you know, we like, we got hired to do a, it was like a $400 job that we hired a sub for. <laughs> and, you know, that's, and there's beauty in that. You enjoy that. You can look back and say, oh my God, do you remember that time? And, you know, when you start a business the way I did and a lot of others, and probably you as well, you start organically, you kind of start small, you build up to that. And there's a real beauty to that. I totally agree. Yeah. Some of those early years are, are some of the most uh, memorable and you look back on them with mostly like those were tough years, but there's some really good moments. So I want to wrap up with a couple of questions more looking into the future. So one is just more global to the industry. What do you think are like one or two challenges that you think that we're facing as an industry that we're going to need to really work hard on solving over the next you know 12 to 36 months? Excellent question. I think that some of them are the obvious ones, which is shortages in labor. Um, that's that's a big problem. You know, I think that a lot of people are branching out of construction, a lot of people branching in, but the ones that are coming in don't necessarily have so much experience. And so that's that's kind of a big issue. I think that another one of them is supply chain issues and shortages of, of materials. 
also increasing prices. And I think that that, you know, it, it actually kind of throws a big wrench, no pun intended. There was a big wrench into the whole process and you kind of, it's a tough space to navigate if you're not prepared. I think the other thing, which is not necessarily on people's radar is automation. I think that at some mm. point it's not 12 months, not 24, possibly 36, but probably more like 48 months. And I don't know what five times 12 is. So 60, 60. <laughs> maybe hey, we 60. got there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe 60 months away. I don't know. Is uh, automation. I mean, at some point, and I'm not talking about prefab, but that's something also, you know, we're throughout the economy and throughout the various markets, a lot of humans are being replaced by robots and that there's going to be no difference on the construction side. You, you know, I've seen tiles being placed by robots and machines and tiles is one of the toughest trades to find, you know, to find yeah. a good tile person is, is very difficult unless you're ready to pay exorbitant amounts. And that's going to benefit some people, but it's probably going to hurt much more because again, it's going to put people out of jobs. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. You know, cause yeah, I've seen some of those videos of like the brick laying and some of that just done by robots. And yeah, it, it seems like non-existent and so incremental at the beginning. It's like, Oh, it's just these one or two thing. And then all of a sudden it's like everything. So I, I agree with you. I don't know what the timeline is, but that's probably something to keep, keep an eye on. All right. Final question is just, we got a lot of remodelers listening. What's one piece of advice that you'd want to pass along or, or share? I think that it's very, very important to find a good mentor. You know, if it's not a mentor, maybe a consultant, but somebody who can help you who's been where you're going. You know, you run into all sorts of snacks. Just yesterday, I was asked for something that I've, I've never been asked for. And if you have a good network of people, you know, not, not necessarily even a mentor, but like-minded individuals, different remodelers. I know Spencer, you're, you know, you're building out a whole community based upon that. That's huge. That's absolutely huge to have, you know, a, a group of people who think like-minded, who've been where you're going or who are even going where you're going. If you have 10 people in room who are all doing the same business, or, or similar businesses, you can bounce ideas off of each other. You can share ideas, you can share experiences, and you can learn from each other's experiences. I think that knowledge is, again, I don't want to sound cliche, but it's just true. This is it's the honest to God truth. Knowledge is power. The more you know, the more you read, the more videos you watch, the more people you network with, the more you're setting yourself up for success and creating opportunities for yourself to continue to grow in this industry. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, cool. Well, Eddie, I appreciate you spending some time with me and um, yeah. Thanks for sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure and happy Thursday. There you go. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks for tuning in to Remodeler Stories. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every month we pick a winner and send out a free copy of my book, The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. Just leave a review over on iTunes to enter to win. See you next time.